Today's episode of the Cloudcast is sponsored by Datadog. Bring speed and scale to your security organization. Datadog Cloud Security Platform delivers real-time threat detection and continuous configuration audits across applications, hosts, containers, and cloud infrastructure. Built on top of the observability platform, Datadog brings unprecedented integration between security and DevOps aligned to shared organizational goals. As a listener to the Cloudcast, you can sign up for a free two-week trial to see for yourself how Datadog can elevate your cloud infrastructure security posture by visiting datadog.com security cloudcast. Sign up now and receive a free Datadog t-shirt. That's datadog.com slash security cloudcast. Cloudcast Media presents from the massive studios in Raleigh, North Carolina. This is the Cloudcast with Aaron Delb and Brian Gracely, bringing you the best of cloud computing from around the world. Good morning, good evening, wherever you are, and welcome back to the Cloudcast. We are coming to you live from the massive Cloudcast studios here in Raleigh, North Carolina. Hope everybody is doing well. Another Sunday perspective. We're kind of in the middle of October 2022. Uh, fall is here, and uh, we're getting ready to ramp up into trade show season. So I know Aaron and I are both going to be at, at KubeCon. So if you're going to be in KubeCon in Detroit, um, it'd be cool to, if you're, if you're a listener, if you're just a friend and we haven't seen each other in a long time, it'd be good to sync up and uh, you know kind of meet in person. Maybe uh, grab a drink or just say hi, see how everything's going. So um, I kind of want to talk about something that I mentioned on one of the shows that uh, when we had Brandon Wichard on here not too long ago. And uh, we were we were kind of kicking around some things. Uh, we were talking about like what what's working in the industry, what feels like maybe it's 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 going back to previous days. And we were kind of kicking around halfway jokingly, kind of the idea of of technical debt and how technical debt, uh, the concept of technical debt, sort of has has a branding issue, has a marketing issue um, in terms of you know when people talk about technical debt, it's always perceived as this thing of like it's this huge burden on people, um, but it's not. It's not funded anymore. It was funded years ago. Um, you know, it, it was kind of maybe some bad decisions that were made, or maybe there were great decisions that were made years ago, and you're sort of stuck with it. And I, you know, and I sort of jokingly said, "Well, you know, technical debt really needs to to get its act together and and sort of go on a new branding campaign." And I started calling it sort of ROI ops and uh, you know, sort of return on investment ops. And you know, I like I said, I sort of, sort of said it half jokingly because the the theme of that show we were talking about was, uh, you know, we started off with the, um, you know, the new mandate in Japan in which you could, uh, they were going to get rid of floppy disks. And we, we talked about how, you know, the person who was going to drive that project was was going to have to be a real kind of kind of hard ass, if you will, pardon my French, uh, you know, about making this happen because I'm sure there's people who are like, oh, I don't want to work on that. It's old or, you know, why are we doing this? Or, oh, there's, there's 10 reasons why this is impossible to do. And, you know, it got me thinking. Um, you know, kind of past the sort of half jokingness of of this idea of ROI ops. What does that really mean? And you know, I think a lot of times in our industry, there are times when things are appropriate given the situation. The situation being kind of the economy, kind of the state of technology, kind of people's uh, you know fervor for new things or old things or whatever that might be. And I thought, you know, I've been thinking about this ROI ops concept for a few weeks now, and I think there's something to it in terms of, you know, how to apply a mindset around um, trying to improve things, trying to fix things, but doing it in a way in which people are going to look at it and go, okay, this is this is worth your time. This is worth your time both to your business as well as, you know, potentially worth your time in terms of sort of your career, career advancement, those types of things. And so I'm going to dive into kind of a framework for ROI ops right after the break. Today's show is sponsored by CloudZero. 
For software-driven companies focused on growing margins, CloudZero is the only cloud cost intelligence platform that puts engineering in control by connecting technical decisions to business results. By analyzing cloud services like AWS and Snowflake, CloudZero provides real-time cost insights that help you maximize margins. Engineering teams can answer critical questions like, who are my most expensive customers? How much does this specific feature cost our business? What's the cost impact of re-architecting this application? With cost anomaly alerts via Slack, product-specific data views, and granular engineering context that makes it easy to investigate any cost, CloudZero is your complete cloud cost intelligence platform, connecting the dots between high-level trends and individual line items. Join companies like Drift, Rabbit7, and SeatGeek by visiting cloudzero.com slash cloudcast to get started today. That's cloudzero.com slash cloudcast. Annoying. Did you know that 17 out of 20 people stop watching a video because of stalling and rebuffering? Don't let your users click away to a competitor's site. If your business lies on online media, rely on CDN 77 to deliver a seamless online experience to your audience. CDN 77 is one of the leading global providers of content delivery network services. They power the world's most popular websites and apps such as Udemy, ESL Gaming, Live Sports TV, and social media platforms. Aside from their massive and redundant global network, you're going to love their no BS attitude and skilled team of engineers ready to help 24-7. No chatbots, no tickets bouncing around unresolved for days, just people who know your use case and can immediately help you pinpoint and fix the problems. Don't wait until your users run out of patience. Go to cdn77.com slash cloudcast and ask for a free trial with no duration or traffic limits. That's cdn77.com slash cloudcast. And we're back. And as I mentioned at the top of the show, we're going to dig a little bit into this concept that I'm you know, kicking around the idea of, of you know, ROI ops, uh, you know, return on investment ops. And ROI is sort of a weird thing in our industry. Um, so if you if you're a technologist, you know one of the things that we always kind of recommend is obviously you're you know you're trying to to build your skills, you're trying to hone your craft, you're trying to be good at what you do. <clears throat> but ultimately, you know the reason that that companies are deploying this technology is not because you know they wake up in the morning and go, "Ooh, we have a Kubernetes problem," or "Ooh, we have a you know whatever problem." It's because they wake up and they go, "You know, we're the business is in is in business." Um, to, to generate profits either for the owners of the business, the employees, uh, stakeholders, shareholders, all those types of things. And so, you know, one of the things that, um, you know, comes up all the time whenever, whenever technology decisions are made is people sort of go, okay, well, what am I going to get out of making this decision? What am I going to get out of making this investment? And, you know, it's, it's, it's a valuable thing to do um, as a technologist to spend a little bit of time sort of learning uh, the, the, the money side of things, right? Like how do how do um, the people that are tasked with making those decisions, uh, you know, managing those budgets, managing those teams, you know, how do they sort of go through the process of deciding what gets what gets uh, selected, what projects get, you know, kind of put on the back burner, what projects get dumped? Um, and one of the tools they use, and or at least, you know, classically that they've used is something called ROI, return on investment. And so, you know, return on investment in the simplest terms um, – and you, know, you can go look it up in, in all sorts of things. But in essence, it's it's somebody saying, look, I am going to make an investment. Um, I'm going to make a sort of an upfront type of investment. Um, and over time, my expectation is that the amount of money that we invest, not only do we recoup uh, at least a portion of it, hopefully more than a portion of it, some multiple a portion of it, uh, but we're going to recoup it in a, in a sort of known amount of time. Because essentially what happens is – 
you know, uh, as a business, you have uh, you have a finite amount of, of capital, finite amount of money that you have to apply to projects. And you're really kind of looking for, you know, what are the things that are going to drive the best returns, right? Best returns being like, uh, the you know, the most positive uh, feedback, if you will, right? And that you know, how you measure returns could be a number of things. It could be simply, uh, we want to get back, you know, 20%. We want to get back the largest percentage we can get back. Kind of the same way people think about, you know, buying stocks. So, you know, I want to buy a, I want to buy a stock in the market. I want it to go up as much as possible. Um, it might be, you know, we are trying to drive uh, the greatest amount of customer satisfaction in some measurable way. And, you know, the expectation is if I drive great customer satisfaction, great customer experience, um, that will ultimately lead to, uh, you know, loyal customers. Uh, sometimes they're called raving fans. Uh, there's a great book called Raving Fans if you want to kind of get into what customer uh, experiences seem like. Um, but you're, you know, you're ultimately saying like, look, I'm, I'm, I'm looking to make an investment in this. Um, and, the other reason the the timing piece of it is so important is that you know you're you're also kind of saying like look are we trying to get these returns in a finite period of time maybe it's this quarter maybe it's this fiscal year um maybe it's you know everything is a two year window in IT however you measure it in your business and the reason i i say it's important to kind of understand some of these things from the business is you know as you're working on new projects and you're looking at things a lot of times you know, depending on how far into the trenches you are in your job, you may not be thinking about those things at all. You may just be thinking about literally, you know, right now I am buried. Right now I am, I feel like I'm drowning in the number of projects that we have and the things that we're working on. And you're just simply like, I just want the bad days to go away. I just want, uh, you know, I just want that uh, identification on a spreadsheet for a status to go from red to yellow or yellow to green, right? And and that's perfectly fine. Like there's lots and lots of people who, you know, are kind of in that boat in terms of, you know, I don't have the broader visibility of what's going on. But one of the things that, that you know, as you start to understand the business, as you start to sort of understand the way that the business measures things or the things that are important to the business or, you know, the things that are just important to your group, because you may look at it and say, well, I don't really have the ability to impact the business in a really big way, but our group has certain goals, our, our group has certain KPIs or key performance indicators, or, you know, however you measure your goals, your, you know, your, your kind of motivational things. And as you're thinking about those things, one of the things I've, I've found over time is that, uh, you know, there are lots of times when then the new project, kind of the new shiny thing, the new innovation, the, you know, we're going to do a new thing in the business gets a lot of attention because people, you know, especially technologists, we love working with new. We love the idea of like, okay, we're going to, we're going to take on something and we're going to, we're going to build it and we're going to kind of show off our skills and we're going to, you know, kind of prove that we can do certain things or we're just really excited about something new because it seems like, oh, it's going to solve a problem for us or it's going to make things really easy. And the reality is like, even when something is new, uh, so, you know, you kick off a new project, you know, a couple of years in or a year in or however long in, like it stops being new. It just becomes the thing, right? The thing you're doing. So the sort of fascination with new, um, you know, is something that while you can kind of get addicted to, and we, we, we tend to get addicted to it in, in tech because so many of the headlines that are written, so many of the articles that are written, you know, even the podcasts that we do, and we're, you know, we're guilty of, of being part of this, um, is about what's new, you know, what's, what's new, how can this new thing make things better for us? Technology is oftentimes kind of positioned as, you know, what can it do to, to make things easier, make it faster, make it cheaper, whatever it might be. And the reality is there's sort of 
there's new projects, if you will, and and some people will get to work on those. Sometimes maybe you're always working on those. Great. Um, and then there's you know then there's sort of the the middle, right? And what I mean by the middle is the middle is just sort of your your sort of monotonous day to day. You're just chipping away at things. You're you're kind of oh it's you know <laughs> you show up on Monday morning, the work's still there. You leave on Friday, the pile of work is still there. Hopefully it's slightly smaller than it was on Monday. Um, and what technical debt sort of falls into is this is this middle ground, right? You know, you can think of it as like, well, it's technical debt. We don't ever think about it. And almost the way you think about like putting boxes in your attic and you you never go back and look at those things. Well, those things you probably sort of ignore at some point, right? But, you know, in the sort of the things that you do day to day that are active, um, you know, it feels like you're going to have sort of a, a middle. And quite honestly, um, you know, in a lot of in a lot of aspects of, of jobs and technology and so forth, you kind of don't want to be stuck in the middle because middle is that place where, you know, people are kind of questioning like, why do we keep doing that? Right? It's the it's the thing that, whenever uh, you know things get tighter at your job, whenever things get a little tougher, whenever the economy gets a little slower, um, you know, whenever things aren't sort of in sort of a purely boom area, it's the spot where middle managers, upper management, kind of look at it and they go why are we doing that, right? Because the middle is the space that gets really no visibility in terms of nobody's out there marketing the middle. Nobody's out there marketing sort of the day-to-day things going, yeah, yeah, we're, we're fine. We, you know, we're, we're good at those things. And, you know, for a while they, they sort of sit there and they, you know, people do their thing and they're, you know, they're just kind of plodding along and doing their job and, and maybe it's getting 1% better and 2% better. But it, when things kind of get a little tighter, people start to go, hmm, you know, we, we have a mandate to you know, take 10% of costs out of the system, or we have a mandate to, you know, try and do, you know, like I mentioned in the last week's show, like do 20% more with the same number of people we have. And so the middle is the place where, you know, things kind of get looked at and it's really hard to defend what the middle is doing, right? And what I mean by the middle versus, so again, you've got a one end of the spectrum, you've got these new stuff. And then you've got the sort of, you know, what you consider sort of dead end things, maybe sort of on the on the far other side of the spectrum. And in the middle, you've got all these sort of kind of ongoing projects. And the middle is where I really think the concept of ROI ops, um, if if you start to think about it, really kind of makes sense. And again, I'm just sort of thinking about it from a from a terminology perspective. Uh, I'm not trying to introduce any sort of like, you know, brand new, you know, like this isn't like, hey, this is the new DevOps calms and all this sort of stuff. But I think the mindset of sort of saying, okay, we're going to start to not think about these things that we do day to day as the middle, because again, those become sort of a target for, you know, why are we doing them? Do we really need to do them? Can somebody explain this to me? Because I don't totally understand it. And it gives you an opportunity to go, how can we optimize these things, right? And sort of actively talk about, we're trying to optimize these things and and kind of make an, make an effort to you know, I'll say market, but market really in many cases just means communicate and, and talk about the things that you're doing to try and improve them. And especially when things get a little bit tighter, uh, it gives you an opportunity to say, hey, we're we're actively focusing on this. We're not just sort of letting it, we're not just sort of letting it go. It's not just sort of like the backyard and you don't really want to mow the grass and maybe you mow it and maybe you don't mow it and you don't really care. It's, hey, we're going we're gonna to actively work on these things. And the way to think about this is, you know, nobody in IT really kind of holds themselves accountable to ROI. It's a, 
it's a wonderful way at the beginning of projects to get funding done, uh, especially if it's large amounts of funding, right? If you're doing data center projects or something, um, or maybe you're maybe you're taking on that that twenty million dollar uh, enterprise licensing agreement with uh, with VMware or Microsoft or, or Google or Azure or something like that. But ultimately, you know, people don't stick around in the same areas of IT. So you know, kind of the the upfront ROI doesn't necessarily get measured in the long term. But in terms of what you have the opportunity to impact in the short term, especially if you're thinking about it in terms of what can I do in a quarter? What can I do in six months? What can I do in a year? Things that are probably typically within your fiscal year, within your review cycle, whatever it might be. And you start to think about where can we do things that measure that are, you, know, you can you can find measurable improvement, right? And And this is where you really start to think about you know, what does the process look like? Can I map out what the current processes we have? What's the current steps that we have to do these things? And where can I take a step out? Where can I take a half a step out? Where can we, you know, find a way to process, uh, you know, twice as much um, for, you know, in in the same period of time, right? And so you start to think about, you know, where are there areas to improve, but also think about how can I how can I measure that? How can I measure that in a way that we can communicate this up to people of, you know, we're going to try and do these things. Um, we're going to try and improve these things. And, you know, there's lots of folks who kind of get promoted. Uh, you know, we talked about on, on one of the shows and I know other people have talked about this, you know, sort of this, this Google idea of, uh, you know, we're going to, we're going to launch, we're going to, we're going to promote, and then we're going to ignore. I think that's not what it was or, or abandon. It was, I think it was launch, promote, and abandon. Um, and I know the, Software defined talk guys talked about it. We had it in the show notes for stuff. You know, there's plenty of people that get promoted or that get a lot of attention for that sort of thing. But especially in in these sort of times when again, you know, the economy slows down a little bit, or you know, people are going through kind of a different shift in terms of priorities for the business. If you can be the person who, you know, kind of comes along and says, "Look, we are going to sort of take this ROI ops mindset," which you know, again, doesn't always have to be cost cutting. It can really be, you know, how can we you know, start to to do that sort of 20% more, you know, with the same things we have, or it could be 10% more, it could be 8% more. Those are things that not only sort of show that you've taken initiative in the business to, you know, not only understand the technology, but understand the business. You're probably going to have to ask some people like, okay, how does this work? What, what is, what is a lead to B lead to C? But it also shows that, that you're taking some initiatives that, are going to flow upward that other people, and again, you know, sometimes this is kind of the way the game works. Other people can kind of go, okay, our group did this, you know, and, and allow the, you know, what might be an individual task to have the group kind of get credit for it. All right. You're, you're chipping away at it. And it may be something in which you say, look, we really thought about the area that we work in uh, from a technology perspective and, you know, the KPIs or the goals or the metrics that we have don't really apply to us. Um, But here's another set that do. And, you know, while those over there are really hard to measure or they're really hard to achieve or, you know, they really aren't something that we can impact, here's a set that do. And if you can connect the dots between the technology improvements you're going to make and that ROI, that return that you're going to get, you're going to make something X amount faster. You're going to be able to process X amount more, uh, you know, with the same sort of resources. You're going to be able to do things uh, with three less steps, and and therefore it's going to re- it's going to you know turn into either better customer experience, cost savings, uh, more flexibility. You know, it's it really sort of shows the business, and it'll show your management teams that you know you're not just there, uh, 
to collect a paycheck. You're not just there to um, only work on technology. You know, you're really trying to, to better understand the business. And, you know, especially in these times, this is when um, if you're not starting as many innovative projects, um, it gives you an opportunity to not just sort of be doing sort of the monotonous middle, stuck in the middle. Um, gives you an opportunity to go, yes, we're, we're going to work on some of those things that are the sort of day-to-day middle things, but we're doing them with a different mindset. We're doing them with a mindset of not just, hey, we're just showing up and we're doing this thing. And you get yourself in a situation where you're potentially being looked at as like, hmm, you know, do we need do we need six people doing that when we could have five? Um, why are we still doing that project? What is that? You know, like I, I wasn't there two years ago when we started. Does, does that make sense anymore? If you can be active about, you know, sort of taking the middle, if you will, um, and and again, thinking of it from an ROI perspective. And again, ROI doesn't have to be over years. And it doesn't even have to necessarily align to the big picture of what the company's doing. You know, you don't have to go talk to the CFO. But if you can come back and go, look, we're going to work on this thing with this distinct reason for what we're trying to do and frame it in the context of both, you know, there is work to be done, but there, you know, here's, here's sort of the returns that come out of it. Um, you know, I think there's, I think there's a lot of possibility there in terms of, um, you know, you showcasing that you understand the business, um, that you want to be part of improving the business, not just sort of, um, you know, having a metric for yourself or a goal for yourself. Um, but it also, you know, it's going to probably spurn other people in the group, get them talking and going, oh, hey, we sh- we could do this too. We We could try working on this too. And it becomes this sort of continuous improvement thing as opposed to thinking about it as technical debt. Um, so anyways, just just a thought, and it, it's sort of a concept that I've, I've been thinking about for the last couple of weeks. Like I mentioned, uh, you know, Brandon Witcher and I kind of kicked around the idea and we, you know, we're kind of jokingly talking about it. But I think, especially in this time when, when um, you know, projects may be a little tighter, uh, you know, finances may be a little tighter uh, for things within the, within the business, you're kind of looking at it going, okay, okay, maybe there aren't going to be, you know, as many you know, big promotions. I'm not looking to change jobs, but I'm looking to you know, kind of make a name for myself where I am. Uh, it's an opportunity to go, okay, I'm going to showcase not only my technical skills, but also my awareness of what the business does and and how these investments that we continue to make in technology and people around technology are impacting the business. Um, so it's, a, you know, it's a good opportunity for you to, you know, learn a little bit about kind of how the economics of business work, but also, you know, kind of force yourself to go, okay, you know, why are we doing this? And why do we keep doing it the way we do, we are doing it sort of in the technical debt, debt technical debt sense. Uh, and then, you know, trying to apply some smarts and go, how do we, we turn this, what is oftentimes perceived as a negative into a positive or an opportunity for it to be positive. So anyways, with that, I'm going to wrap it up. Hope everybody's doing well here on this Sunday. Um, you know, as, as we mentioned, uh, you know, you guys have been amazing lately. Um, thank you for everybody who's been giving us feedback uh, on the show, sending us notes and ideas for things. Um, if you get a chance, please give us a rating, whether it's on Apple or Google or Spotify or however you listen to your podcast. We'd love to get some ratings, get some feedback. Um, it helps it helps give us feedback, but it also, you know, helps other new people um, who may want to join the Cloudcast community learn about the podcast. So the, the higher the show is ranked, uh, the more it pops up in the, you know, things you should go listen to. So um, thank you all for listening. Thank you all for telling a friend. Thank you all for helping us grow the community. Um, it's been uh, it's been a great few months. The last few months, like I mentioned, have been sort of record numbers. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And with that, I'm going to wrap it up and we'll talk to you next week. Thank you for listening to The Cloudcast. Please visit thecloudcast.net to find more shows, show notes, videos, and everything social media. 